God, we thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together. We thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord, for your word that is always a source of encouragement and hope. Continue to speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls, Lord, and direct our paths. Give us the encouragement that we need, Lord, to continue to be the people that you created us and called us to be. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. It is good to see you all today. We are in number eight, I believe, of our sermon series, The Chosen. And you have a sermon outline in your bulletin if you would like to follow along today, if you find it helpful. Today's title is what? Right, I am he. So, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and you're going to respond, but there's a, a, there's a clause to this one today. So I want y'all to really think carefully, okay? Say one word. One word. Y'all get one word. I know some of y'all are going to try to sneak and do two, but obedience. <laughs> one word. Say it again. One word. We all get one word. Once I ask the question, take careful thoughts because you get one word. This is the most important word of your day today. One word. Who is Jesus? Think about it. One word. Who is Jesus? The Messiah. Christ, Redeemer, Savior, Jehovah. Who did you say, James? I can't hear you, James. Lord. Okay, Marvin. Servant. The anoint. I almost fell with you. <laughs> I got you, Anna. That was a good one, though. That was a good one. I saw it. Hassan, do you have a word? Messiah. Any other? John? Savior. <laughs> See, y'all, y'all just can't behave. George says, son of the living God. <laughs> and I just go right along with y'all. Reginald. Emmanuel. Katie. God. Teacher. Anna. Say it again. Um, omnipotent preacher Go ahead. love very nice counselor king everything friend a lot of words go ahead what'd you say what'd you say miracle worker Healer. Omnipresent. Humble. Wow, you all really have described Jesus very well. Jesus asked a very important question to his disciples. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? 
Why would Jesus ask us who he is? I mean, how many of us go around saying, who am I? (laughs) Who am I? Who do you say I am? Y'all looking at me like, you Kelly. (laughs) We know who you are. You know who you are too. Who goes around asking people who they are? No one. But Jesus wanted to know, who do you say I am? Why was this question so important to Jesus? Why did Jesus want to make sure that we knew who he was? Say the word identification. Identification. Say the word confirmation. And say the word choice. You see, part of what Jesus was doing was he was identifying himself. He was establishing his existence. He was saying who he was in this world and outside of this world. He was also confirming something. He was confirming, giving assurance and certainty. And then he was establishing choice. You see, when I ask you all, who is Jesus? You immediately had a choice. You could have said a whole bunch of other things. You could have said he was a man. You could have said he was a false prophet. You could have said he was a nobody. You could have said all sorts of things. But you chose some very specific words. Why did you choose those words? Because that's who he is? That's what you learned? Why? Why? You see... We choose the way we decide to describe Jesus. No one forces us to do that. And I realized after watching this movie, the movie series, The Chosen, which, by the way, for those that are new to The Chosen series, you can see the information in our bulletin. You can go and watch it anytime you feel like it. It's all available to all of us for free. And so you can go to the app and watch it. You can go to our Internet and watch it. But over the last seven weeks, today makes the eighth week, we have been watching the story of how Jesus introduced himself to the world and how he chose his disciples, but also how his disciples chose him. You see, what's very interesting about this series is that when Jesus came into the world, this movie is showing us that he met a lot of people, say a lot of people, Jesus met a lot of people in the world. He met non-religious people. He met religious people. He met sick sick people. He met healthy people. I was going to say he met sinners and non-sinners, but there's no non-sinners, is it? (laughs) He met a bunch of sinners. And what I realized watching this series is that everybody in the movie has something to say about Jesus. Everybody had a comment. Everybody had a thought or a suggestion or something to say about Jesus. Some people said a lot of good and positive things, but others said a lot of negative things about Jesus. Now, I thought about that in relation to today because things have not changed that much, have they? People always got something to say about Jesus, don't they? And people also always got something to say about the church. Sometimes I feel like I'm yearning for the day when everybody will just wake up and know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Anybody like me, you, you get tired of arguing with folks. <laughs> like Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and let's just end it right then. But I realized the same arguments that we are having today are similar to the arguments that were happening back then. It's even struggles amongst the religious groups. How many of you all see struggles in the religious groups today? All of us, right? Jesus and his church have always constantly been surrounded by the doubters. In Jesus' day, they were called the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Say Sadducees. Say Pharisees. (laughs) These two groups of people, they just thought they knew it all. And they had it together. And they had an understanding that Jesus did not understand. And they made a commitment to get rid of Jesus. Because for them, he was false. He was not the truth. So he, these Sadducees and the Pharisees, the people, the sinners, the, the people that were sick, the people that were healthy, the religious, the non-religious, these were all a part of the people that Jesus encountered when he entered earth. So let's think about the followers, the people who actually decided to follow Jesus. Are there any followers in here today? I hope y'all followers. <laughs> it might be a couple of us that's still waiting. But the followers of Jesus Christ were with him one day, and Scripture says, I don't know, Jasmine's not over there right now, so I'm not going to call on her. But if you look in your bulletin and you follow the Scripture along with me today, you see, Jesus posed a question to his followers. And we're going to read Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 16. Oh, there she is. She popped it right up. Let's read this together. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Wow. There are two questions in that one conversation. Jesus asks the followers, the disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? What were some of those answers that were given? Elijah, John the Baptist, a prophet, Jeremiah. So were they right? No, they were not right. So Jesus asks, who do people, who are the people, who do the people say Jesus is? If you think about today, who are, what do the people say about Jesus? Who do they say Jesus is? People, just random people outside in the neighborhood. They say he's a teacher, a prophet, a good man, a doctor, a what is that? Oh, like Muhammad? Oh, he's, they compare him to Buddha or Muhammad or something like that. Another religious leader. A healer. Do people in the world say that, Mary? We believe that, yes, 
But people in the world don't usually claim Jesus as the Savior. So Jesus wanted to make sure he's posing a, a real good question here to everybody. Then he quickly follows up once they say, the people say, this is who you are. And now Jesus says to them the follow-up question, but who do you say I am? How many of them answered the question? One. Which one? Simon Peter. And what did Peter, Simon Peter say? Let's put that back on the screen. Verse 16, Jasmine. Simon Peter answered, what? You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That is a powerful answer to give to Jesus Christ. Everyone in this movie that we're watching has to decide who is Jesus. You see, when they are going through this movie, they are realizing that Jesus is so radical. Say radical. Jesus is so different. Say different. He is doing things that no one else in the world has ever done. He's healing. He's performing miracles. He's freeing people. Jesus came on the scene and changed the whole dynamic. Everything about the world changed once Jesus was on the scene. You see, before Jesus came, people had few options. Women had few options. People with disabilities had few options. People, if you didn't have enough money, you definitely didn't have any options. Your social status determined everything, and Jesus knocked all of that away. He changed the entire world. Think about that. If, if someone came along right now today and was doing the things that Jesus was doing, allowing healing a blind person that a blind person could see, making a lame person get up and walk, and doing all the things that Jesus did, would you believe that he was the Messiah, the son of the living God? Or would you think that he was performing some sort of trick? We all have to decide who Jesus is to us. Tell your neighbor, you have to decide. You see, some things about Jesus have not changed. And what is that? People's reaction to Jesus. You see, some people believe in Jesus. Some people are skeptical about Jesus. And some people just plain don't believe at all. And we get to decide. Tell your neighbor, you get to decide. You get to decide which one you believe. I told you all about those Sadducees and Pharisees. These two religious groups did not believe Jesus was the Messiah, the son of the living God. They were all about the law and all about you had to follow the rules in order to get to God. And so these two groups didn't even necessarily like each other before Jesus came on the scene. But guess what? They came together to oppose Jesus. Can you imagine? Who is your worst enemy? Anybody got an enemy? Somebody you don't like? <laughs> y'all say, I don't got no enemies. We all got an enemy. Can you imagine having to work with them and get along with them? Well, this is what happened. These two groups began to work together to get along because they had a new common enemy, and their enemy became Jesus.
When I think about some of the people that speak against Christ all day, every day, if you go online some days, it is so many people with one specific goal of tearing down the church. They can tell you every single thing the church gets wrong. They can tell you everything about how much the God has gotten wrong and all of these horrible, horrible things. But I always notice they never can say one thing the church gets right. Because if they was to say one thing, they would have to say two things and three things. And then their perspective might change. But there were so many back in the day willing to take Jesus down. How many of you know some people like that today? Still always naysaying, always negative about Jesus. There were also people that were constantly looking for a sign, looking for proof. Show me that you are God. Anyone in here ever looked for some proof that Jesus was real? You wanted a sign. You wanted God to show you that he was real. As if the sun rising every day wasn't enough. As if us breathing every day wasn't a sign. As if, you know, those healings that occur even with medications weren't, weren't enough. As if, you know, those times when we were in bad situations and God brought us through, those wasn't enough. Anybody in here ever been through a really bad time in your life? I mean, down to the core. Who has the worst situation? Anybody got a worst situation? Pastor Antonia? Ooh. Pastor Antonia is saying she lost everything. Her job, her house, her esteem, her friends. <laughs> self-respect. She said she lost it all, but at the lowest time was her best time because she came to know Jesus. Anybody else had a worse time? Some of y'all been in the house, James. Wow, for those of y'all that didn't hear James, James said he had colitis. He was bleeding internally, all in his intestines and his bowels, and he went to the hospital, and the doctor said if he had waited one more moment, he would be gone. He would be gone. Anyone else had a worse day, Johnny? Johnny said that he was homeless and doing drugs, and he had lived like that for years until God called him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, we have all had some terrible, horrible moments in our lives, some things that we should not have survived. Our Old Testament scripture is about Jonah and Jonah was so upset with God, he decided to be completely disobedient. God told him to go to Nineveh, and he went everywhere else but Nineveh. Anybody, is that your testimony? 
God told you to go this way and you went exactly the opposite way. God told you to do the right thing and you did the wrong thing. God told you not to date that guy, but you dated that guy. God told you to leave that girl alone and you went straight to that girl. God told you don't pick up that bottle of alcohol and you chugged it right down. Anybody else have some testimonies, Marvin? Wow. How Marvin is saying when he was in the Air Force, he was in an accident that should have taken his life. And he's 73 years old and he's thanking God. Praise God. How old were you when that happened? You were 18. How many of us made some dumb choices when we was 18? Oh my God, I don't even want to think about to being 18. It was so bad. Eula? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Eula is sharing that she had a problem with her thyroid and she had lost so much weight. She went down to a size three and the doctor said if she had weighed one or two more days, she would be dead. We praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sometimes we are, we are in a situation in life. And Jonah in our scripture today, uh, um, Jasmine, can you put Jonah up? Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. We're going to read this together. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From, the, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Anybody ever cried out to God? I mean, really cried out to Jesus because you knew you was in a situation that nobody on this planet could help you out of. Jonah was in a situation like that, and he cried out to God for help. And guess who helped him? God helped him. Did the man next door help him? No. Did his job help him? No. Did a family member help him? No. Did the stranger on the street help him? No. God helped him. God helped him. We can think about how God continually shows us proof in our lives. And then we can still get up from all of that and walk away like we did it ourselves. How many of us have had that experience? You cried out to help, the Lord saved you, and you know the Lord saved you. And guess what you did the next day? Like you ain't know the Lord. It takes it take some time. Tell your neighbor it takes some time. It takes some time. I remember when I first came to know the Lord, I was like, let's go to church. Then my friends would call, and I'd be like, oh, we doing what? We going to the club? <laughs> It took me a while to unwind myself and unwrap myself from the sin. Anybody's testimony, that testimony? You had a time where, you know, the temptation to be right there and you'd be like, oh, I, I want the Lord. But that temptation is calling you. But the Lord can deliver us. Sometimes, though, when we hit that dark place and we cry out to help, we cry out for help. 
We, we get up and God restores us and we never look back. We never look back. One thing that I continually remind myself of is the woman who was turned into stone. Anyone know that story? The Lord told her, if, if you look back, you're going to turn into stone. That, that's my comfort every day. When I get up and something tense me, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to turn into stone. <laughs> I don't want to turn into stone. We see signs of God all over. Tell your neighbor all over. And it's not from following rules and following laws, but it's in love. Jamal said earlier, God is love. God is also forgiveness. God is also hope. God is also sacrifice. God is all of those things and much more. On Palm Sunday, everyone, say everyone, everyone got to Jerusalem. The non-believers, the believers, the religious, the non-religious, the old, the young, women and men, everybody showed up in Jerusalem. How did they all know to get to this place at this time? How did they know? They didn't have internet. They didn't have Facebook telling them where to go. They didn't have cell phones to call their neighbor and say, you know, you better show up in Jerusalem today. How did they know to get to Jerusalem? They knew because of word of mouth. Tell your neighbor word of mouth. Someone talked about what happened to them and someone shared I was healed. Someone shared I was delivered. Someone said I was restored. And because of those things, everybody said, I got to go see what they talking about. So on Palm Sunday, how did Jesus arrive in Jerusalem? How did he get there? On On a donkey, on a coat. He didn't have the latest Mercedes-Benz. He didn't even have a bicycle, y'all. He came in the lowest form of humility, riding on a colt. And all these people gathered from near and far. And what did the people do? They laid down their clothes, right? Why did they lay down their clothes? Because what, Anna? They were showing honor. They were showing respect. They were showing, hey, this is a person that's deserving of something special. What else did they do? They were waving palms and they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They knew something was different about Jesus. You see, when we encounter the son of the living God, when we encounter Jesus, something about our behavior changes. And I say this a thousand times, you cannot claim to know Jesus and act the same way. You cannot. It is impossible. If you know Jesus and you truly know Jesus and you have experienced him in your heart, something about your behavior has to change. You're going to find yourself cussing a lot less. Notice I didn't say him all the way. I know he was still working on some of (laughs) y'all. 
you're going to find yourself making good decisions as opposed to bad decisions. You're going to start offering kindness even when someone is drastically nasty toward you. You will offer hope in the world. Think about this week. How many, just, just yesterday, how many people did you talk to outside of your house? Cindy? Woo, Cindy talked to four people and she said she prayed with two. Anybody else? How many people you talked to? Y'all don't want to go after Cindy because y'all know y'all didn't pray. <laughs> it's, it's okay, I only talked to one person yesterday. <laughs> Anybody else? Did you talk to anybody? But how many people did you see? You saw a lot of people. Do you think any of them needed to know the Lord? <laughs> All of us got the same problem, right? We're going to wait for somebody else to talk to them about Jesus. <laughs> Guess who God wants, uh, wants to do the talking? Uh, say me. <laughs> he wants me and you to do the talking. Because when we encounter Jesus, something becomes different about us. Somebody should be able to tell in your walk and your talk and your attitude that you know Jesus. Something about you should be different. And they should be like, wow, I'm glad, I'm glad I got to talk to you today. I'm glad you came into my life today. I was at Walmart, and y'all know how that man got to check the receipt on the way out the door. Anybody ever encountered the receipt guy? How many of y'all have gotten frustrated with the receipt guy? Uh Uh-huh. Joe took off that Christian hat. (laughs) Why why you got to check my receipt? You think I'm trying to steal from Walmart? I ain't stealing from Walmart. (laughs) Here, check the receipt. We got an attitude, don't we? (laughs) So I'm checking out of Walmart, and of course, he got to check my receipt. And I noticed he didn't check the three people in front of me receipt. (laughs) So, you know, my attitude was starting to try to flare up. (laughs) But then I thought about Jesus, and I said, oh, Lord, these people on the west side are starting to realize I'm a pastor, so I better keep my attitude together. <laughs> you know, when I'm on the east side, I know y'all recognize me. When I go to North Olmstead, those folks don't know who I am from a man in the moon. <laughs> but the receipt guy stopped me. And I said, how was your day? And he was like, my day is fine. He said, thank you for asking. And I was like, well, no one has asked you about your day? He said, No. He said, people can't stand when I check their receipts, and most of them give me a bad attitude. And I was like, I'm sorry to hear that, because <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, you was about to get this attitude, too. <laughs> but the Lord, say the Lord, <laughs> the Lord kept me, y'all. And we had a really good conversation. And when I left, he said, I wish more people were like you. And that was such a compliment, but I I was thinking in my head, it's not me, brother. It is not me that you saw today. You did not see Kelly Sullivan. You saw Jesus. (laughs) You saw the Jesus in me. People should see something different about us. 
when we encounter Jesus, people should know something is special about them. Something is unique about them. They didn't treat me like everybody else treated me. You see, Jesus was interested in all of us knowing who he is. Because when we know who he is, now we can know what he can do. And when we know what Jesus can do, and we plug into the power of that spirit of Jesus Christ, it changes us. You see, when they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, they were looking for a king. They wanted a king just like all the other kings. But Jesus was not like anybody else ever that entered the world. He wasn't here for the material. He wasn't looking for a material kingdom. He was here for the spiritual. Tell your neighbor he's here for the spiritual. Jesus was here for the spiritual. This is Holy Week. Tell your neighbor it's Holy Week. Out of every season of the Christian year, this is the most important season. Tell your neighbor this is the most important. If Christians don't get nothing else right, we got to get Holy Week right. We got to get Easter right. Why is this the most important? Because the biggest miracle in the world happened on Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, Jesus rode in on a donkey. This coming Friday, we coming together at 3 o'clock, saints. Tell your neighbor, 3 o'clock. We coming together 3 o'clock here and then 7 o'clock. Say 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock over at Bridge because it's Good Friday. What happened on Good Friday? He was laid on a cross. And then what happened? They put nails in his hands and in his feet. Then they hung him on that cross. And they stabbed him in the side. And they taunted him. And they brutalized him. Why do we call that Good Friday? What's so good about that? Three days later. Day to number three. Three days later, three days later, he got up, he rose, he rose from the dead, and it changed us. Because he rose, we rise. Because he got up, we get up. Because he is, we are. Jesus died so that we could have life. So when we say who, do we say, when Jesus says, who do you say I am? Tell me again, who is Jesus? He is what? I I can't hear y'all. The Messiah, the son of the living God, the Savior. Say it again, Marvin. The anointed one. He is our everything, right? Saints, let us pray. Gracious God, you are awesome and amazing. You are holy. You are the the saving grace of all of our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given to us through your death. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to help us, Lord, to choose you daily. To help others to choose you. 
that when, when we are tempted, Lord, to, to rally up or do something that's not of you, Lord, help your Holy Spirit to sink quickly into our hearts and change us and make us new. We thank you and we glorify your name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Saints, 